It's after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nachum Siegel. Welcome to a Tuesday. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program.
greatest present is the presence. What a present to be in the present. Yeah. Right now. Because you've got a soul. You better take care of that soul, boy. Because no one else has got your soul but you. Listen to these words of the sages. Amen. 
Shalom and howdy. Hi there, boys and girls and mamas and papas and everybody. It's Uncle Abe here, along with Uncle Ben Sion, Uncle Gedalia, Uncle Ruby, Uncle Menachem, and Uncle Aton in the booth. And we're going to teach you a brand new song right now, something that's really going to be a machayat. So now you get ready, get your feet moving, pot your hand a lot, and here we go. Es Hashem, Hamavoro. Es Hashem, Hamavoro. Es Hashem, Hamavoro. Boruchu, Es Hashem. Es Hashem, Hamavoro. Es Hashem, Hamavoro. Es Hashem.
Eitan Freilich, that's Eitz Chaim, before that Es Hashem from Diaspora, and we take this opportunity to extend our condolences to the uh, great Avram Rosenblum, the um, lead singer of the Diaspora Yeshiva Band. 
His father passed away, and the funeral was yesterday, and we extend condolences to the entire family from all of us here at JM and the AM and the Nachum Siegel Network. Lenny Solomon, Aftali Kalfka, to, Kalfa, rather, together with Ein Adir of Simchat Chaim. Ben Sion Lerer had Imenanili Mili. Imesh Gachech was Derech Achim. Eighth day had Moses and me, and of course, Regesh, with Modaani opening things up. And we say good morning. It's Tuesday on this May 16th, the 20th of ER, day 35 in the counting of the Omer. Day number 35, 58 degrees, mostly sunny, a high temperature of 78. Tonight, partly cloudy, low 61, and tomorrow, sunshine with a high of 89 degrees. Wow. We're not used to doing fundraising marathons with 89 degrees. I can tell you that much. Yushalayim is at 81. We'll be there next week, please, God. We're at 58 right here in uh, New York City as we say good morning at JM and the AM. The great Matis Weingast is with us live via telephone. Good morning, Matis. Good morning, Nachum. How are you? The last time we did a fundraising marathon with 89 degrees, you would have that statistic, wouldn't you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. We really have to go back in the archives a oh, lot of years ago. By the way, yeah, it is possible, though, because remember, the early, early, early marathons uh, were in the month of May. Right. Right. Correct. So it is possible we had really warm weather during marathoning. Uh, I'm used to, you know, I, I, I was used to all these years. Because it was always February or early March, I was always used to uh, taking a look at the long-range weather forecast and praying we wouldn't have a blizzard that yeah, would that would exactly. that would knock us out for a couple of days. Of course, I, I remember isolated episodes, you know, one day at a time where we, you know, had a limited crowd because of snow. I don't remember ever actually getting wiped out by one of those, you know, twenty-five inch storms that lasted, you know, for two three days and really uh, interfered with our fundraising efforts. I, I mean, you, thank God, no. Yeah, you don't. Pretty amazing. And I think there were cases where we did have blizzards, and you and I said to each other, oh, my gosh, we almost scheduled the marathon for that week. And Yes. Yeah. I guess God's on our side, huh? Thank God. Thank God is right. I want to th- Speaking of thanking, I want to thank everybody who overnight, I don't know if you saw these yet, overnight people have been um, uh, pledging and actually donating would be the more appropriate term at fjbunity.org. It's day two of our five-day fundraiser, fjbunity.org, for Foundation of Jewish Broadcasting, Foundation for Jewish Broadcasting. Uh, that's what it stands for, fjbunity.org. And I want to thank everybody who's been doing that. We'll go through some of the names later on. And as you saw from the list that actually you compiled yesterday, um, more and more people continue to return their envelopes and to pledge support to the show and to the network. And you and I spoke on Sunday not knowing really what would happen this week. So far, I think we're off to a good start. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's a little bit apprehensive because this is the first time that the Foundation for Jewish Unity is um, is supporting JM and the AM, and we're doing the uh, and all the programming, and we're doing the fundraiser. So you never know what's going to happen, but thank God the response has been phenomenal to start off, and uh, we keep it going. By the way, and- the- oh, I'm sorry. I was just going to say, you know, it's a gift to the listeners because this year's fundraiser is one week only instead yeah. of the usual two. <laughs> Correct. And we're also trying to maintain our regular programming today, so it's really just a couple of days. And that is, in fact, one of the gifts that our listeners have obtained by having <laughs> us go digital. Uh, that's for sure. Um, there was something you just uh, you just mentioned that I wanted to... Uh... I wanted to comment on, of course, I just it just escaped my mind. Well, I said that the Foundation for Jewish uh, Broadcasting, did I, say, I may have said Foundation for Jewish Unity, I'm not even sure what time it we is. We need one of those, anyway. too. We need an FJU <laughs> and an FJB. We need both of them. But, but FJB uh, is, is now the support, uh, the support arm.
platform for uh, JM and AM Nachum Siegel Network programming. And we'd like everyone to give and give generously and encourage others by uh, by putting the link on your social media and by encouraging those who you speak to during the day uh, to give and help us uh, continue forward for yet another year. It's uh, it's really a very simple message. If you enjoy this program and what we provide and what we continue to build here at the JM and AM and the Nachum Siegel Network. Uh, your support at whatever level is welcome and encouraging and uh, and necessary. Right. Um, I think I, I would mention that uh, I know the listeners over all the years know that um, when we were supported over at WFMU, the, the inf- infrastructure of a uh, of, of what that was necessary for fundraising, excuse me, for programming, uh, is still in place here. Uh, with, the, with what you have, people have to realize that. Um, the the electronics the the systems the servers the computers the backups and everything is is still in place and it takes a, quite a bit of funds to keep those going twenty four six twenty four six and a half because yeah. of course after Shabbos you have uh, yeah. programming and you know and it's, Night Siegel. it's funny because so. I was just discussing this with Mark Zomik last night and the truth is that uh, so many of the things that were paid for by our home radio station over all these decades, we now are responsible for. And that's just that's and, right. and some of the examples you gave are good examples of uh, why people um, uh, should feel it's necessary and why they should respond and help us out at whatever level they can. And it's much appreciated. What I wanted to say earlier was that I'm, I'm sure you noticed already, um, I saw a donation from New Mexico, which was heartwarming because, you know, we, yes. want, we want to reach different areas in the United States. And Miriam, right. Miriam Wallach pointed out to me yesterday that it, it seems ever since we went all digital, there's, there's more attention being paid to us. Even though we were able to be heard around the country, there's more attention to be, being paid uh, to us by areas outside of New York and New Jersey since this happened in December. And also, Correct. also, um, it was great seeing on our um, – because this is a specific message to the quote-unquote foreign listeners – it was great seeing a donation from Australia on the fjbunity.org. So it's obvious that even if you're not in the United States, you can give and uh, and have your uh, donation counted toward our um, toward our fundraiser. Yes, I did see that overnight, and that was very exciting. Uh, now the the list you sent me uh, um, the list you sent me does oh it does include those. So where is my Australia? How did you designate Australia? So, Australia's not in there yet because that was overnight. Oh, I got you. Okay. I just saw that today. But I think there was a, there was a Florida one. The reason I asked uh, – yeah, there's Florida, there's Illinois, there's Connecticut, et cetera. Yeah. The reason I asked you about um, Australia specifically is when someone gives – and I know this is going to sound silly, but you know me when it comes to this stuff. Uh, when someone gives double high, right, $36 from Australia, it, it is in fact $36, right? It's not, a, it's not a foreign currency exchange. It's not 36 of the monetary unit that's in Australia. It's a real 36 bucks for us, correct? That is correct. Right. It's U.S. funds. Just wanted to make sure. <laughs> Otherwise, we'd have to start this game of converting stuff on the air and finding and figuring out if we if it was a good deal for us or a bad deal for us. <laughs> you know, there are many things that have changed since uh, since the independence, if you will, and the right. transition. Thank God, I think uh, some of these <laughs> items that we've used to used to discuss are, are were left in the. Uh, in, in the circular file, as they say, we haven't given them up yet. You're saying? <laughs> no, I think we've moved on after after 34 years. I think we've moved on to more sophistication than uh, we've had before. See, so, now, uh, now you're putting me under pressure. That means early tomorrow morning, especially when I have people around the studio table tomorrow, I'm going to have to think yeah. of some really sophisticated topics to kick off the conversation with. You're putting, I think so. You're putting unnecessary and unfair pressure on me, Matadiao. Well, that's <laughs> what I'm here for. <laughs> So there you have it. Everyone's wondering. One of the big questions at a fundraiser ever since the mail started, ever since the letters started getting to people's homes, 
Would we, in fact, have the same backbone of infrastructure during our fundraising marathon that people are used to? And sure enough, uh, Matis Weingast, as you hear, is taking care of all of the uh, back-end numbers. Uh, Mark Zomik is going to be here tomorrow and uh, is going to be uh, with us early in the morning and producing our, our programs. And we're going to start introducing some special guests who are going to be joining us as well. So, yeah, we're building up to a final day this Friday. And I'll tell you, it seems like such a short fundraiser compared to what we're used to. <laughs> Yeah, it's crazy, but that's great. I'm, I'm really happy to hear the mark is going to be, and I, I'm going to try to make it in by Friday. Uh, we'll see what the schedule looks like. Are you but, kidding? Uh, we, are, we already have your seat reserved for both Thursday and Friday. Yeah, we shall see. Oh boy, about this. <laughs> don't leave me. Don't leave me here alone with everybody about the Joe. <laughs> oh, you're in good hands. That's for sure. I don't know. You were always there to save me in a lot of situations over the years. I may, I may need you, and the phone is a little too far away. Oh, boy. Anyway, the important thing is that uh, we we have seen a lot of old friends on this list, a lot of people who are enthusiastic about supporting us, and now we'd like everybody else to do the very same thing the easiest way. And I know that there are people who want to pick up a phone and speak to somebody. We will offer that option as the week goes on, so you know, don't worry about that. We, we will be able to do that for you. And in, right. and, in fact, if someone would call our studio in New York City at, the, at this very moment, we would have uh, – We'd have somebody who would be able to, uh, you know, to pick up that phone and, and take a pledge. But right, right now, the easiest thing for us right now, or I should say the two easiest methods right now, is if, if there's an envelope sitting in your home, please fill out your check and your form and send it back to us. And if uh, and if you are near a computer, or an iPad, or any other method, you could probably even do it on a mobile phone, right? Of course. Or you have a mobile, or if you have a mobile phone, which I would bet you do if you're listening on the app. Um, then please go to fjbunity.org, FJB for Foundation for Jewish Broadcasting, fjbunity.org, and give as generously as you can. All right. You know, don't forget, with the modern technology, Nachum, we're in the 5700s. Are we already in the 5700s? But wait a second. In in, in the actual year, 5700 wasn't as sophisticated as this. That's what I'm talking about. (laughs) 5777. It's not the 5600s anymore. Uh, Last night... Last night, um, I'm saying to myself, I, I was thinking back to something that happened with us back in 1994. Uh, whatever okay. it was, something that happened on the air, whatever it was, thinking, thinking back to all the different fundraisers and every episode that it's occurred. I think it actually was weather-related, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken. Anyway, I'm saying to myself, my gosh, if that would happen today, the amount of tweeting about it and the amount of interaction and texting and groups that would be discussing it and either panicking over it or analyzing it would be endless. Right. And and uh, and back then, you know, there wasn't that kind of reaction. It was just, you know, the episode occurred and, you know, got spoken about maybe at the Shabbos table that week, and that was about it. Life was a lot simpler and slower back then. But now? But now we have to take advantage. We have an amazing opportunity right now. We have right. an incredible opportunity for people to post the FJB Unity uh, link on their social media, and to reach hundreds, if not thousands, of people at the same time to encourage them to give and support us. So we're going to take right. we're yeah. going to take full advantage of that technology, Matadio. Exactly, and, and most importantly, that's the way the uh, network has been growing over the last number of months, uh, especially, but uh, certainly over the last four or five years, uh, and it grows exponentially because once you have a few people that are tweeting it out or sending out links. It grows very, very quickly. It's not just one to one anymore, one to two. It could be one to a hundred when somebody tweets something out or That's posts right. something on their Facebook page about. As we have many listeners who've taken the opportunity to post on their Facebook page, for instance, about the fundraiser, it goes out to literally thousands of people in seconds. 
You know some people are crediting the growth of the uh, network to a JM Sunday. You know that. I'm sorry, I couldn't hear that last. Uh, <laughs> thank you, though. Uh, anyway. In addition to being the backbone, don't forget Matis hosts JM Sunday every single Sunday morning, and that's just another amazing feature of being all digital, and uh, and whether it's our Sunday programming, our early morning pre-JM programming, or the plans we have for the future in terms of expanding the you know similar type programming during the day. You know, somebody said to me, somebody who is in, in, a, in a way, actually somebody who has subbed for me during JM and AM in the past, said to me, you know, we should do a Thursday night show this week just to get on, the, you know, get on the air and, and, and have some live talk about supporting the, uh, uh, the, the, uh, the, the radio show and the, uh, and the network, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm saying to myself, wow, at the snap of a finger, if we wish, we could just turn on and do a Thursday night show. We could just, That's right. we could just go ahead and, and flip the switch and, and, and start talking to people. And, and once we tweet it out or put it on Facebook, we see the audience grow and grow and grow. And right. it, these are all options we only have because we're here at this present moment. Right. And, and you mentioned James Sunday, and thank you for that. But there's right. so many other programs during the course of the week that uh, are phenomenal. And since you mentioned about this, you have you have the um, the live lunch on Fridays with Mark. Oh. Uh, that's something unheard of in the 30-something years that you've been on. Because Correct. it was just – there were other programs going, programs going on and uh, not part of the part of the group. And um, – it wasn't as easy to just, like you said, set up a program where somebody can do this and to have that live programming in the middle on a Friday right before Shabbos with the phenomenal music mix as it is anyway. One of my dreams, is, I'm sorry for interrupting, one of my yeah. dreams back in the early 90s was to rent time on, on, on some radio station somewhere and do a two-hour Erev Shabbos show Friday afternoon. I thought it would be so well-received and have such a massive audience and now that dream has come true, and we see the response to it. So you're 100 percent right. The live right. Lo- the live lunch part of the Kedem presentation of the Arab Shabbos music mix has been growing uh, like crazy. Ca- caught on very very quickly, and that's just another example of what we're able to do here in our all digital platform. Exactly. We have to see though if Mark can do it on a Friday uh, early morning. Also, maybe even before uh, JM in the AM, because like there three- are many listeners around the world to, for whom Shabbos is you know comes in. Like three time. like three to six? Three to six would be great. Because, That's your proposal? Yeah, yeah, I'm sure Mark you, would love you, you better be careful. In a minute, he'll propose you do Sunday morning three to six. <laughs> hey. <laughs> Well, that's not a, that's not much earlier than what I I do now. So. <laughs> that's true, but still, come on. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, anyway, Tuesday morning, it's fundraising marathon day two in this 2017 era. Uh, and we ask everybody to go to fjbunity.org and give generously. Thank you, Matthew. Yeah, we'll be in touch soon. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Matthew's one guest. He is, uh, he's at the home office. Not sure where the home office is, but wherever he is, wherever it is, that's where he is right now. More coming up. It's JM in the AM. Shetichadei <laughs> 
Leave me, leave me. 
Eitan Katz with Gale. Simcha Liner before that with Espanecha. You heard Leif Tahar, Chaim Shal Shalom. Eitan Freilach was in there with Eitz Chaim. Tuesday morning, day 35 in the counting of the Omer. Today is five weeks, believe it or not. Shavuos is two weeks from tonight. Wow. 
Yom Yerushalayim is a week from tonight. We'll be in Israel for Yom Yerushalayim week as we celebrate the 50th anniversary of the reunification of Jerusalem. A week from tomorrow, our friends at Amit, we team up with our friends at Amit for our Yom Yerushalayim program from the balcony of Eisha Torah overlooking Harabayit. Uh, we are very much looking forward to it, that's for sure. And uh, that happens a week from tomorrow, and of course the entire week from Israel is going to be pretty amazing as we salute Jerusalem. New York Times has an article. The White House has uh, run into some static with Israelis on Monday on a series of small but sensitive diplomatic issues ranging from the legal status of the Western Wall to President Trump's repeated promise to move the American embassy. The fuss came a week before Mr. Trump was scheduled to visit Israel. Um, The question was, as reported by Channel 2 TV, uh, when Israelis asked whether Prime Minister Netanyahu could accompany Mr. Trump on a visit to the Western Wall, an American official said no. Um, that, that's not considered part of Israel. Uh, Michael Short, a spokesman for the White House, said, if true, the comments were not authorized by the White House. They did not reflect the U.S. position and certainly not the president's position. Short did not say whether Trump would invite Netanyahu to join him at the Western Wall. The two leaders are scheduled to meet while the president is in Jerusalem. Um... In a related matter, the political sensitivity of Jerusalem flared up after Netanyahu denied a report that he had privately urged Trump last February not to move the American embassy to Jerusalem from Tel Aviv. A Fox News correspondent wrote on Twitter, Everyone I've spoken to in D.C. that has been briefed on Jerusalem embassy moves says Netanyahu told Trump not to move embassy at this time. Netanyahu's office denounced the report as a lie and went so far as to release what it said were written reports by an Israeli advisor of the conversation between the prime minister and the president when Mr. Netanyahu visited Washington in February. The Israelis said the Prime Minister told Trump that he favored moving the embassy. The embassy, the PM, supports moving it, wrote Yaakov Nagel, who was then the Israeli National Security Advisor, according to the excerpts released by the Netanyahu office. This is getting more and more interesting, to say the least. Uh, I said on Friday that um, if, in fact, the embassy move is not announced by the President... Uh, it's a complete failure of American Jewish leadership, and I still maintain that. Uh, if if the prime minister is being truthful that he never asked for it to not be moved. If the prime minister asked for it not to be moved, then, of course, it's a totally different story. But if this is true, that the prime minister has not put in a request like that at any point with President Trump, then, uh, then this is a serious condemnation of American Jewish leadership if that uh, announcement is not eventually made by the president. It's America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program, heard on listener-sponsored digital radio, exclusively on the uh, w- on the uh, web at the NachumSiegel.com, the NachumSiegel Network, and, of course, on our beloved NSN app. Um, we'll do our news from Israel coming up. And then Elliot Weiselberg is going to join us. Big, big day this coming Sunday, the Martin Weiselberg Memorial Tournament. It's something that we've featured many, many times here at uh, JM in the AM, and we'll do it again coming up in uh, just a couple of minutes after our news from Israel. Uh, we should have our Galitzal news uh, in the background momentarily. If not, we'll move into the second hour of our broadcast. I do remind everybody that we are raising money to keep going here at the JM in the AM and the uh, Nahum Siegel Network. We're encouraging everybody out there to support us for yet another year. The Foundation for Jewish Broadcasting is now the not-for-profit arm that has replaced WFMU in terms of supporting us. And uh, all your donations are welcome. Please give generously by going to fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org, and pledging 
or actually donating. And that is the way you pledge your support. Golly, it's on the background. We'll do our news from Israel coming up. Nefesh Benefesh has announced the winners of the 2017 Bonate Sion Prizes. We'll try to go through that list later on. A lot of very prominent people on it. And um, we say mazal tov to all of them. Galay Tzal, Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast for a Tuesday follows next. We say Boker Tov from JM and the M. Galay Tzal, Asha Ashtayim, Kanrani Avnai, Ima Shekorei Achshav. השר יואב גלנט מכולנו קרא לחסל את מנהיג סוריה בשאר אל-אסד וכינה אותו רוצח מתואב. הוא דיבר בכנס הבינלאומי ללוחמת יבשה ולוגיסטיקה. מבחינתי הגיע הזמן לחסל את אסד, פשוטו כמשמעו, על כל המשתמע מהעניין. וכשנסיים עם זנב הנחש, נוכל להגיע לראש שלו שיושב בטהרן ולטפל גם בו. דוח כך בסוריה מכישים את האשמות ארצות הברית כי הם מפעילים משרפות להשמדת גופות מורדים. בטלוויזיה הסורית דווח כי מדובר בטענה שקרית לחלוטין. ברוסיה מכישים את הדיווחים שלפיהם נשיא ארצות הברית טראמפ הדליף להם מידע מסווג. כתובתנו שירה נאות. שר החוץ של רוסיה לברוב הכיש את הדיווח לפיו במהלך ביקורו בבית הלבן, טראמפ חשף בפניו מידע מסווג הקשור בלחימה בדאעש. לברוב הוסיף וקרא לפרסומים מזויפים. על פי הדיווח, המידע הרגיש אותו הדליף טראמפ הגיע ממדינה במזרח התיכון ששומרת בקנאות על סודותיה, וההערכות הן כי מדובר במידע שהגיע מסוכן אנושי, שכעת ישנה סכנה שיתגלה. נהג מונית בן 35 מבת ים נעצר בחשד שהדיח קטינה לשימוש בסמים וביצע במעשים מגונים. מדווחת כתבתנו פייב גוטמן. על פי החשד, הקטינה עלתה למונית, שם הנהג שכנע אותה להגיע לדירתו על מנת להשתמש בסמים. מספר ימים לאחר מכן הגיעה לביתו, השתמשה בסמים, ולאחר מכן ביצעה במעשים מגונים. מעצרו של החשוד הוארך עד ליום חמישי. בקוריאה הצפונית אומרים כי ימשיכו בנישואי טילים, כל עוד תימשך המדיניות העוינת של ארצות הברית. כתבנו גל חן. במהלך ועידת האו"ם לפירוק מנשק גרעיני, אמר דיפלומט מקוריאה הצפונית כי נישואי הטילים שערכה פיונגיאנג לאחרונה הם חוקיים, ומעשה רגיל של הגנה עצמית לפי החוק הבינלאומי. הבכיר הוסיף, ביקורת ארצות הברית כלפינו היא הפרה בוטה של הריבונות והכבוד של קוריאה הצפונית, ואמר שהנישואים ימשיכו כל עוד וושינגטון תמשיך במדיניות העוינת והסחטנית כלפי קוריאה הצפונית, לדבריו. בפעם השלישית בתוך מספר שנים, בית אריזה בראש פינה הוצת הלילה על ידי אלמונים. כתבנו בצפון גיא ורון מוסר כי מאות מיכלי אחסון פרי נשרפו רגע לפני תחילת קטיף הפירות, והנזק מוערך בעשרות מיליוני שקלים. דובי אמיתי, נשיא התאחדות האיכרים, כינה את ההצתה טרור. חקלאים בצפון נאלצים להתמודד עם גל טרור חקלאי. לא רחוק היום שבו נשמע גם על הפגיעה בנפש. מדובר בנזקים של עשרות מיליונים. לאור התדירות של נזקים אלו, חברות הביטוח הפסיקו לבטח. הגיע הזמן לעצור את הטרור. בירדן נחנך כעת מאיץ החלקיקים האזורי ססמי. השר אופיר אקוניס לא משתתף באירוע בעקבות המתיחות ביחסי המדינות בשל פיגוע הדקירה שביצע אזרח ירדני בשבת. מדווח שליחנו לטקס הפתיחה, מיכאל האוזר טוב. המדינות המשתתפות בטקס אשר נציגיהן גם לקחו חלק בבניית המאיץ, כוללות את טורקיה, מצרים, פקיסטן, ירדן, הרשות הפלסטינית, איראן וגם ישראל. כל המדינות עבדו זו לצד זו במשך כ-20 שנה כדי להקים את המיזם, וכעת מדענים איראנים וישראלים יוכלו לעבוד בו יחדיו. עקב המתיחות בין ישראל לירדן סביב פיגוע הדקירה שאירע בשבת האחרונה, שר אופיר אקוניס לא הגיע לטקס כנציג ממשלת ישראל. ומזג האוויר, ירידה קלה בטמפרטורות מחר, ללא שינוי ניכר. אלה החדשות שעורכת קרן בן מרדכי. J.M. in the A.M. Tuesday morning here on a um, 
fundraising marathon day two. Uh, those of you out there who are uh, near a um, a web device, whether it be a uh, computer, a, an iPad, or your own mobile phone, go to fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org, and give generously to us, fjbunity.org. Those of you who are um, sitting with a nice envelope in your hands that we've sent to you, please send it back with your generous donation. We'll thank some folks later on this hour here at JM and the AM. Day 35 in the counting of the Omer. Guess who's here? It's Elliot Weiselberg, our sports editor, who has not only proven to be amazing over all the years that he has served as our sports editor and update man, but most recently he coordinated, and I give him all the credit, uh, a, an amazing broadcast of the championship events for both basketball and hockey. You may remember this from the month of March. Uh, it was an honor to present them. It was great to present them, and uh, he coordinated the entire thing. It wasn't easy. Uh, the subsequent years will hopefully go smoother, but nonetheless, he gets all the credit. Elliot Weiselberg, welcome back to JM and the AM. Thank you so much, Nachum. Thanks for having me again. Good job. Appreciate it. Hey, look, as the first year is always going to be the hardest because you, you never know what roadblocks you're going to run into. But the viewers would never know that there were any roadblocks because it went so smoothly and nicely. I, I would hope not. I, I, there, was, there was so much that went into that. I'm just happy that we were able to, to get out a, you know, a product that, uh, that uh, people felt was, high as you said, smooth as possible. Yeah, it was smooth and high quality. I hold in my hand a hockey jersey with the number 30 on it. Who was yeah. number 30? Number 30, the uh, uh, now golfing uh, Ranger goalie Henrik Lundqvist uh, for this year's Martin Weiselberg Memorial Hockey Tournament uh, with the fundraiser for Hatsela. It's it autographed. Is, it is autographed. It is the top prize. And uh, you can have a ticket for this for the low, low price of $20 just to win this. We've had so much demand for this. It's New York, so I figure there are a lot of Ranger fans who would uh, love something like this. It's an actual it's a, it's a actual jersey with an autograph on it of the New York Ranger goalie legend. The king himself. The king. King Henry, mm-hmm. who, of course, again has proven that he's not nearly as good as Mike Richter because he couldn't win a Stanley Cup. Uh, I'm not going to go into exactly what the issues <laughs> no, were, by the but way, he stood on his head for by that the series. Way, by the way, the reason I'm laughing and the reason I would even say this on the show is because there are a couple of people in this audience who I always make that point to, and they think I'm nuts. They think I know nothing about hockey. So I figured I'd just toss that out there because anybody who really knows hockey knows that Lundqvist is pretty amazing. So. Yeah, <laughs> let's, let's, hope, uh, let's hope there's a cup to cap that over the next year Well, how two. many years does he have left? Is he on the decline already or not? I don't know if he's on the decline. I mean, if you saw the first round series against the Canadians, he obviously still has it. Right. So, I mean, decline. Once you get to the mid to late thirties, you 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 you're not going to be as good as you right. were in the mid to late twenties. And you give up those those late in the period goals. Killers. Oh, those are killers. In killers. any in any as, period, they're as, killer. But especially as a the coach, third. as a coach, those are the goals that I right. that I dread seeing. You in a just hockey. want the team to really tighten up in a good way. Yeah. To tighten up the defense and and get past that last minute. Different coaches have different styles as to how to play right. the end of the games, but the the goal is the same: keep the puck from getting to the middle. Uh, Elliot Weiselberg is here, and uh, today he's here. He'll give us our Yeshiva League sports update. Believe it or not, we have one in the month of May, and he will give us one coming up. I do assume that this Sunday, however, uh, with the Martin Weiselberg Memorial Tournament set to begin on Sunday morning, I assume that the 
the trophy comes from Crown Trophy. Am I right? That is absolutely true. I'm looking to get that uh, a little later this morning. Normally, I would. Uh, yeah, you bring it by very often. Yeah, um, with the with the old studios, it was very easy. I parked outside, and I was able to bring it in. I didn't know exactly how far away I would be able to park here. I didn't want to traipse the trophy through half of downtown New York City. How many feet the tall is the trophy? Four feet. It's a four-foot-tall trophy. Uh-huh. It goes to the school that wins the tournament. Uh-huh. And the tournament will include how many teams this Sunday? This Sunday, there will be eight teams at the tournament. The eight teams this year are uh, long-standing tournament participants, Yavne, Hartora, Hank, last year's champion, Noam, and several other uh, usual participants. We have Kushner, we have Halb, we have Hafter, and we have Mariah. All of them have a shot, right? Everyone, every one of them has a shot to Every win single thing. one of them do. We have, there, there obviously are teams you can pick as favorites to win every year, but we're always surprised by something every single year. Where does the tournament take place? The tournament takes place in Yeshiva Hartora in Belrose, Queens, 25010 Grand Central Parkway. What time will it start this coming Sunday? Uh, listed start time is 9 o'clock. That's when we expect to start our broadcast. First game will probably be between 9.20 and 9.30, and that will actually be, the as it speaks to the longevity of the tournament, it will be the 100th game in our tournament's history. Wow. And that will be between Hank and Yavne, the actual original tournament championship from back in 2006. How do people watch and or uh, and or hear the broadcast? They can go to our website. We I am going to be finalizing our broadcast today, uh, but you can go to our website, mwtournament.com, scroll down, and it will be live on your screen. Tournament's name for your father. Mm-hmm. Whose yard site I know was recently in the month, at the end of the month of Adar. Uh, we, 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 we both our fathers that. passed away on the same day, not the same year, but the mm-hmm. same day. Uh, and um, oh, in fact, because of the because of the yard site, it became an issue during was it the hockey or basketball uh, championships. It became an issue the uh, during the basketball championships. Right. And you needed a mincha that I, day. I ended up thankfully I ended up uh, getting a minion right after the varsity championship. Right. Uh, there were people that stuck around, and I forever indebted to them for giving for being able to you know work in right. both work and the necessities of your site on the same day now the public is invited this coming Sunday absolutely admission is free I've always said I, I've never wanted to deny anyone the opportunity to come and participate and to be involved and so, that means that if they walk in anytime from 930 until when there'll be hockey action about 630 usually it goes the entire day continuous hockey action yep and um, and, and there's another component to the Martin Weiselberg Memorial Tournament. We alluded to it earlier when we spoke about the Lundquist signed jersey, and that is the uh, raffle that goes on. Mm-hmm. It's always, for the last few years, um, well, as far back as the beginning, I've always thought of Hatsala as an amazing uh, cause to contribute to. I have several family members who are involved in it, and uh, I have very close relatives who are, you know, who hold it in very, very high regard, and uh, as do I. And so, once again, we are looking to raise $10,000 for Hatsala. Which you've done in the past. Yep. Uh, for the last few years, we've actually gone well above that. Last year, we actually hit our high water mark all time. We actually came extremely close to $15,000. And is raffles the method of raising money? There are several ways you can do it. You can uh, just straight up donate. But if you are looking to get some, get the opportunity for something in return... Uh, we don't judge. Uh, there is, 
there's the opportunity to purchase raffles, and we have five, ex- well, six, sorry, that's five, I'm going to sell myself short on that, six extremely amazing prizes this year in three different price levels. The Lundquist jersey is a $20 prize. Right. We have two prizes at the $15 level. We have an autographed Carey Price jersey for those Canadians fans out there. We have an autographed Patrick Kane signed collage, which is in the trunk of my car because that's the only place it'll fit. It's <laughs> massive. It's 23 by 27. It, I, I can't even fit it in my back seat. It's that big. Um, we also have a Bobby Orr autographed puck, which I actually have with me. Hold on. Hold on. I'll allow you, I'll allow you to take a look at that one. Wow. Nice. Bruins puck, Bobby Orr. Wow. And a, an autographed photo of Rangers legendary captain Mike Richter. And he was captain? What? Yes, he was. He was. Wow. And uh, the piece de resistance of the $10 level, which we do every year, uh, thanks to our sponsor, Camp David, a scholarship for the 2017 Camp David session. So right. the last three prizes are $10. You have online at mwtournament.com uh, a tab that says how to donate. Is that how to buy raffle tickets as well? Uh, well, you can buy raffle tickets straight on our website. If you ah, go to raffle, there's a tab that says raffle, raffle tickets. tickets. You go there. It's basically like purchasing anything else you can purchase online. You go right. there. You click on it. Go to the cart. Check out. And that's it. Several methods you can do it. May 21st, this coming Sunday, beginning at 9.30 in the morning, uh, it'll be the Martin Weiselberg Memorial Tournament. You're all invited. The location again. Yeshiva Hartora, 25010 Grand Central Parkway, Belrose, Queens. Uh, participate in the raffles by going to the raffle tickets tab at mwtournament.com. Participate in donating and supporting Hatsala by going to the how to donate tab at the top of mwtournament.com. It is always a fun tournament, an exciting one, and one that brings out a lot of people, eight great teams, with a lot of people coming out, parents and friends and grandparents, to see uh, the teams play and all the excitement at some point toward the end of the day. A champion will be uh, crowned. Will be crowned, and they will carry that proud four-foot trophy from Crown Trophy around the hockey court, and uh, we'll have another great MW tournament uh, victor. Uh, yes, go ahead, Elliot. Speaking of Crown Trophy, uh, as Crown Trophy has been so generous in all of my endeavors in the uh, in the yeshiva hockey world and basketball and all sports, I can't go without thanking them as well as several of our other sponsors. Please for the event. I'd like to thank Regal Bank, our newest sponsor, for uh, for their uh, for their uh, contribution and their help in the event. Camp David, obviously, the Court Report, the Nachum Siegel Network, uh, Select Land Services, MTA, uh, Custom Care Concierge, Fruits in Chocolates, and uh, Andrew Locke Custom Menswear. Uh, we also want to give this little thank you to the Jewish Link, Benny, uh, Benny's Kosher Pizza of Queens, Right. Irish Schechter and LNS Enterprises, W4M Studios for our amazing website. And uh, I'd also like to give a personal thank you to uh, my fiance Amanda, for allowing me the, uh, the latitude to pay attention to this over the last uh, few weeks and to have my attention divided. There you go. And Mazel Tov, Elliot. The wedding is coming up in June, Bezrat Hashem. We yes, wish you a Mazel thank Tov. Thank you so much. Elliot Weiselberg with the Yeshiva League Sports Update coming up next. MWTournament.com. Participate by donating, by buying raffle tickets, by enjoying, by going down there on Sunday and being part of a great tournament. Named for Martin Weiselberg, it's the MW Tournament. It happens every single year. And again, you can go to the website, mwtournament.com, for information. 
Uh, more coming up at JMM, including our Yeshiva League sports update, which you hear on Tuesdays right here at JM in the AM. Okay, everybody after me. Ivdu. Et. Hashem. Besimcha. Ivdu et Hashem besimcha. Bow. Lefana. Birnana. Bow lefana birnana.
J.M. and the A.M. Ivdu S. Hashem B'Simcha. That's Diaspora. And we mentioned uh, earlier that uh, Avram Rosenblum, the lead singer of the Diaspora Yeshiva Band, lost his father. Funeral was yesterday. Our condolences to the entire Rosenblum family from all of us here at J.M. and the A.M. And um, again, we extend our condolences. Tuesday morning, day 35 in the counting of the Omer. We're in the midst of fundraising marathon 2017. Those of you out there who would like to contribute and be part of our support system, keep JM and the AM and the Nachum Siegel Network going. Go to fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org, and join us uh, to make the 2017 fundraiser a success, fjbunity.org. And uh, your help is, of course, greatly appreciated. We'll thank some of our listeners coming up. Elliot Weiselberg is here. I remind you that the Martin Weiselberg Memorial Hockey Tournament is this Sunday. Details, if you go to mwtournament.com, mwtournament.com. I am proud to say that Elliot Weiselberg is here with our weekly feature on Tuesdays that we call the Yeshiva League Sports Update. Here's Elliot Weiselberg at JM in the AM. Thanks, Nachum. Thankfully, this week I get to do a live and in-person Tuesday morning JM in the AM Sports Update. Uh, several pieces of action as we head towards the spring playoff season. That's right. It's playoff season once again. It's only been three months since our last playoff session, so... Uh, Fans know exactly what to expect. We have several leagues that are already in the midst of their playoffs and several that are literally just about to begin this coming week. Already in the playoffs, start off with girls hockey. Last night, the first game of the quarterfinals took place. Kushner defeating Central 7-0. Julia Morell with a shutout. Hannah Nussbaum, three goals, a freshman, giving her 22 on the year. Ariana Matthew, three assists in the win. Kushner now awaits the winner of West 3 Heschel and East number 2 Hank, which is this coming Thursday night. In the other bracket, West 2 Frisch will host East 3 North Shore. That'll be tomorrow night. The winner of that faces the winner of West number 4 Maya Note at East number 1 SAR. Moving over to boys uh, volleyball. Sorry, boys, volleyball. SAR finished off a perfect season, defeating Ramaz three games to nothing this past week. They're the number one seed and will face number four defending champion. Sorry about that. Go ahead. Number four (laughs) defending champion DRS. Other semifinal, we'll see Frisch, the number two seed, hosting the number three seed North Shore Stars. Both of those games will be tomorrow night. Boys Varsity Soccer, major upset. Number eight, Kushner, knocking off the top seed, TABC, 7-2 this past week. Other than that, all chalk. MTA, DRS, and Hank all move on to the semis. Uh, DRS and Kushner played last night, don't have a result yet. MTA and Hank will play this coming Thursday night. And girls soccer, girls varsity soccer, division winners Mayanote and Central move on to the semis. They'll face North Shore and Kushner, respectively. Uh, moving over to the sports that are not yet in the playoffs, starting with boys softball. Last week we talked about unbeaten Hillel. Uh, they will be the only unbeaten team this coming year after YDE fell to Mag and David 5-4 to four this past Friday. There are only nine more games to go in the entire league, so we'll have a complete playoff outlook next week. Over in girls softball, SAR and SKA clinched the West and East, respectively, and will go on in uh, into the playoffs as the divisional number ones when they start next week as well. And over to a sport we haven't really talked so much about this year, boys baseball. Frisch has jumped out to a 6-0 record, but Heschel and Flabbush are right behind them with only one loss as the teams break for the Columbus Baseball Invitational this past weekend. Frisch and Valley Tora are in the championship of that event today at 11.30 a.m. Just want to remind everybody that the sports update 
obviously not possible without JM and the AM, and JM and the AM not possible at this point without the foundation for Jewish broadcasting. So uh, if you enjoy listening to uh, to us, to to the accomplishments of these kids, which obviously deserved the airtime because they put so much into it. As a coach, I see exactly how much they put into it each and every week, and and, and bears mentioning just the fruits of their labor and how important it is. So Foundation for Jewish Broadcasting keeps us going now. Please, please give. Please uh, donate to a, a cause that allows us to keep the communal Jewish life going. Uh, as usual, every year, I, uh, I when I come in for the marathon, I put down a pledge, and I'm going to do the same this year um, uh, with the with the yurt site of my father being a couple of months ago, obviously uh, things change a little bit, but we'll do it in honor of this year's tournament, I guess. So with the for 11 years since my dad's passing, chai for each year, plus, as usual, chai for Nachum's father, who uh, shares the same yurt site. I believe that brings us to a donation of $216 for this year. I thank you very, very much for that. I I feel guilty this year even taking your donation after all the hard work uh, that you really stepped up and uh, accomplished for us during this season, but it's much appreciated, as you know. And we should continue to grow together. Yeshiva League Sports Update, Court Report, all the different things, Yeshiva League Championships, all different things that we're able to present through the network and through the uh, morning program, JM and the AM. And as Elliot said, everyone should be – all the coaches and parents and, uh, let's see, coaches, parents, principals, teachers, administration, everybody out there who enjoys the court report and the Yeshiva League Sports Update should donate generously at fjbunity.org. Good luck with the tournament Sunday, mwtournament.com. And thank you very much, Elliot. Hey, thank you, Nachum. Thank you for giving me a platform, and uh, let's uh, look forward to many more in the future. Bezrat Hashem. More coming up. You're listening to JM in the AM. Oh, Kishama, we are ready. 
J.M. in the A.M. Derech Achim with that amazing selection, O.G. Shama here at J.M. in the A.M. Thanks, Elliot Weiselberg, Yeshiva League Sports Update. And good luck to him and everybody at the uh, Martin Weiselberg Memorial Tournament this coming Sunday. Um, also, I thank him and everybody who's already donated to our fundraiser. We are uh, in the midst of our J.M. in the A.M. Nachum Single Network fundraiser. Go to fjbunity.org, FJB for Foundation for Jewish Broadcasting, fjbunity.org, and participate with us uh, in this year's uh, fundraiser to keep us going for yet another year. And your help, of course, is greatly appreciated. Rabbi David Goldwasser's words, Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning Chizuk. We read in Parsha Samor, they shall be holy to their God, and they shall not desecrate the name of Hashem. Our Chachomim are intrigued by the Torah's contrast of achieving ultimate holiness or sinking to the level of profaning the name of Hashem. The Torah Saparsha explains that Avodas Hashem, serving Hashem is absolute. There's no middle road. Either one sanctifies the name of Hashem or chas v'sholem, the honor of heaven, is profaned. There is no middle ground. A similar sequence is noted in the second paragraph of Shema. If you continually hearken unto my mitzvot, to love Hashem with all your heart and with all your soul, then it says, lest you turn astray and serve other gods. There is a reference made to serving Hashem on the highest level, and then conversely the Torah says that if one doesn't, one would serve other gods. How can we understand this? It can be clarified with a statement from the Talmud in Yerushalmi. The Yerushalmi says that Klal Yisrael were forgiven for the sins of idol worship, immorality, and bloodshed. But Hashem did not forgive the Klal for their abandonment of Torah learning, for Bittal Torah. Why was the transgression of these three cardinal sins pardonable? but not the lapse of Bittal Torah. The great altar of Kelm explains that one who serves Avodah idol worship, commits murder, or is immoral, he has rejected his human qualities, and therefore he is comparable to an animal. His culpability is not for these sins, rather he is responsible for the initial offense which resulted in his ultimate downfall. That original offense is Bittal Torah. Man's responsibility is to always be aware that his abandonment of Torah can and will only lead to his descent. Likewise on Yom Kippur at Mincha time, it's interesting, as we reach a peak in our spiritual standing, we read the Parsha of immorality. This serves to call to our attention the importance of maintaining our exalted spiritual status, lest we plunge to the lowest levels of immorality. There is no middle ground, either Kedusha or Tuma. The Zohar explains that the word Sphira is from the Loshan of Saper, or Sapphire. During the days of Sphira, our mission is to purify and refine our souls, to polish our character so that its true brilliance will shine forever. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser, bringing you morning chizik. Have a nice day. J.M. in the A.M. Thank you so much, Rabbi Goldwasser. It is a Tuesday morning, day 35 in the counting of the Omer. Day 35, you forgot to count last night. 
Make sure to do so sometime today. Two weeks from Shavuos. Shavuos is two weeks from tonight, believe it or not. Yom Yerushalayim is a week from tonight. We'll be in Israel all next week celebrating YY50, Yom Yerushalayim number 50. Uh, our centerpiece uh, program will be Wednesday from the balcony of Eish Torah with our friends from Amit. That's all going to be happening on Wednesday, Yom Yerushalayim. Make sure to join us all through the week for our incredible programming. Our fundraiser continues all through this week, of course. You can go to fjbunity.org and contribute to support JM and the AM and the Nachum Siegel Network. And, of course, uh, if you've received an envelope in the mail, you could return that as well with your generous donation. Of course, all of it is greatly appreciated. And we'll get to some of the donations coming up. I know there are people who requested that they be made around 7.30, the announcements, and we will get to it coming up. Well, the OU has uh, essentially indicated that Yom Yerushalayim next week is the next chapter in their Torah education program following their amazing Torah in the City event, which was absolutely remarkable. Synagogues across North America are registering to participate in the OU's newest nationwide Torah learning initiative. In honor of the 50th anniversary of the reunification of Jerusalem, participants all over will hear a set of lectures from respected Torah teachers from across the Jewish world as they provide a unique perspective on the religious importance of Judaism's holiest, holiest city. Apparently, all five teachers and speakers were asked the same question. And that question was, why is Jerusalem important to us as religious Jews? Speakers included by Dr. Jacob J. Schachter, by Michael Rosenzweig, or by Yitzhak Breidowitz, or Evitz and Sibora Heller, Rabbanit Shani Tarragon. And uh, this is all happening in honor of Yom Yerushalayim number 50. Maisha Bain is with us live via telephone, not only a great friend of this broadcast, he is the president of the Orthodox Union and behind this incredible initiative. Uh, Maisha Bain, welcome back to JM in the AM. It is always great to be with you, Nachum. I greatly appreciate that. The uh, attention to Torah study, especially in the context of Yom Yerushalayim, is wonderful and remarkable. Uh, tell us about this and what the reaction has been among the synagogues nationwide. Well, it's been actually incredible and very much expected, but always satisfying. We have over 240 shuls across North America of all different sizes and stripes, all participating, because I think there's a uniform aspiration to take our Jewish experiences and understand them from a much deeper perspective, and that's what Torah gives us. No question about it, and it's always wonderful to see the reaction from across the country and the way people are utilizing Yom Yerushalayim to not just celebrate, which we're going to be doing, but to increase Torah study, which is amazing. Who, I mean, it's not really important whose concept it was, but how great a concept is it to ask the same important question about Jerusalem and Torah to a variety of people? You know, and, and the beauty of it is borne out by the different answers that people will hear when they listen to the Shiurim. I mean, obviously, Torah has 70 faces, and every issue could be approached from a very different perspective. And that's why it's so important to have multiple sources of Torah teaching. And that's what this program evidences. And everyone will find which approach speaks to their heart and to their mind most closely and aligns with their approaches to looking at all issues. And that's what people have to realize, that Torah is multifaced. Everyone has their piece of Torah, and it's their responsibility to just look for it and find it. Uh, you have not made it a secret. You've been very open about um, uh, your your wish. I won't I won't say dream. I think it's more realistic than that. But your wish to increase the Torah study and the Torah awareness among synagogues around uh, the United States. I, I mean, how has that gone so far? From our perspective, it looks like you're putting together programming that is so attractive when it comes to Torah study. From your perspective, how has it gone? Well, it's a slow process. It's I think much more satisfying the 
interest that the community already has. So when we when we interact with shuls um, and synagogues and different institutions around the country, we're getting from them enormous feedback that they are looking for tools. That it's on their agenda before the OU brought it to the attention. It's been on every rabbi and every community's agenda for decades, from the beginning of their inception, to increase Torah learning. What we're just trying to do now is provide the tools to make it Torah learning more accessible to more people. So one of the things we're doing, besides trying to produce events such as City Field and events such as our Shiram on Yom Rishalayim, is to elicit from different communities approaches to Torah learning that is working for them, and then sharing them among the communities themselves, because it could very well be that there are incredible Torah products that are available that people just don't know about. Yeah. It doesn't have to be sourced by the OU. We're just trying to make them available to everybody. That's a good point. In this case, you've made five amazing lecturers and teachers available to everybody. Aren't you sometimes amazed at the incredible uh, wealth of knowledge that's out there and how many wonderful lecturers we have at our disposal in our community? Uh, it's certainly a blessing that our generation is enjoying. That's such a deep, rich source of Torah teachers, uh, both men and women of all kinds of backgrounds, who have incredible articulation and knowledge and sometimes humor in order to convey Torah thoughts to us. So we are truly blessed in our generation. Maish Bain is with us. He's president of the OU. Synagogues across North America are registering as we speak in the hundreds, as you heard, to participate in the OU's newest nationwide Torah learning initiative in honor of the 50th anniversary of the reunification of Jerusalem. Five teachers were asked, why is Jerusalem important to us as religious Jews? And Rabbi Dr. Jacob J. Schachter, Rabbi Michael Rosenzweig, Rabbi Yitzchak Breidowitz, Rabbi Tzipora Heller, and Rabbi Nit Shani Tarragon are all uh, going to be answering that question. For information and to register your local synagogue, you can go to the web at ou.org slash Yom Yerushalayim. Again, that's ou.org slash Yom Yerushalayim. You know what's interesting about um, uh, the Orthodox Union? When you think about the Torah perspective and the political perspective, and I would guess probably other departments as well that I'm not thinking of this moment, uh, Jerusalem as a topic is taken care of on a lot of different angles when it comes to the Orthodox Union. Look, I think Jerusalem is a central focus of all Jews in every organization and every regard. Jerusalem is at the forefront of our minds. Therefore, inevitably, is going to be in the forefront of every dimension of programming of the OU as well as any organization that has a deep appreciation for our Misora and our focus in Yahadus. I think there are even OU restaurants in Jerusalem, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> so we really, we really got all the bases covered, you know what I mean? <laughs> That's certainly the case. And our Jerusalem Center has an enormous Yom Yerushalayim program with myriad shiurim and programs. So we're, we're all over every Jewish experience in many different regards for many different types of people. And don't forget, your Jerusalem Center is also doing a great Yom Yerushalayim concert next week as well. So they, got, they, have, they have everybody covered in every single spiritual area. Uh, it is always a pleasure to speak to you. Mike Bain is president of the uh, OU, and, and this list, I'm sure, is just going to continue to grow. Any, any synagogue that wants to register and be part of the program and be able to uh, share it with their uh, congregants, they, all they have to do is go to ou.org slash Yom Yerushalayim. Again, that's ou.org slash Yom Yerushalayim. We look forward to the, the next program, uh, Mike Bain. The, the work that's coming out of the Torah department of the OU these days is pretty remarkable. Thanks so much for joining us. <laughs> Thank you, Nathan. Uh, there he is, Maisha Bain, who is the um, uh, president of the OU. They did a great venue last time, City Field. Now they're paying attention to an even better venue, Jerusalem, as they uh, uh, present these incredible shiurim 
uh, Torah lectures uh, from some fabulous personalities. Really amazing. OU.org slash Yom Yerushalayim. Uh, Tuesday morning, day 35 in the counting of the Omer. Plenty more coming up. You keep it right here at JM in the AM. This one is a um, Jerusalem selection from Ben Sion Lehrer. The sky is so blue, blue in Jerusalem. And the wisdom so high, you can see it in the eyes of the people that pass you by. Oh, the sky is so blue. Jewish people come home Yeah, Jewish people
the AM. Oh, the sky is so blue. Ben Sion Lehrer with Jerusalem. Tuesday morning, it's JM in the AM. Hello, hello. How you doing, everybody? FJBUnity.org. That's how you contribute to JM in the AM. That's the 2017 method of contribution to JM in the AM. I want to thank everybody who's been uh, sending in their donations. I want to thank uh, Alexandra Moradi of Hillside. A pledge in honor of um, a children, Kobe, Akiva, and Aaron, who give me wonderful goodbyes before getting in the car and listening to Jam and the M on my way to work. Well, thank you very much. Thank you, Alexandra. Um, I want to thank uh, Alexander and Phyllis Zlotnik, three times high in honor of the Zlotnik children and grandchildren. Thank you. I want to thank Mark Benson of the Upper East Side, triple high donation. Thank you very much. And uh, Razeli Mandel of Brooklyn, New York, in honor of the Diane and Duchan families. Thank you very much for that from all of us here at uh, JM in the AM. See what else we have. Want to thank um want to thank Sylvia Hoffman in honor of Jason and Sarah Vestley and David and Shmuel Hoffman. Thank you very much. Again, you can go to fjbunity.org fjbunity.org for information. I want to thank Sidney Goldschmidt of Fairlawn, New Jersey for his donation as well. fjbunity.org or uh, as we always say, just go to the um, just go to your mailbox, find the envelope and participate with us by sending in your donation. Um, want to thank uh, David and uh, Blatty of West Orange, New Jersey, and honor. Uh, maybe it's the Bladies because they said it's an honor of the Blady bunch. So I guess uh, that's right. Judy Landy, thank you. In honor of Nahum Siegel and family and the NSN staff and our families, continue to do what you do for 120 years. Thank you very much. Benji Berger, ten times high. Thank you, Benji. Again, fjbunity.org to support JM and the AM and the Nahum Siegel Network, fjbunity.org. Um, want to thank uh, Judy Hertzfeld of Clifton in honor of Nahum, Miriam, ZK, Avrami, Jamie, and Yoni for all you're doing for playing Lenny Solomon, Micha Gammerman, and Eitan Freilich. Thank you. Thank you very much. Marsha and Carl Ambrose, right here on the Lower East Side, $100 in honor of Gail and Itzy Weinshaw, my wonderful in-laws. Thank you. Sharon and Michael Feldstein, my wonderful cousins up in Stamford. Thank you very much for your donation. Uh, Anita and David Colad of Elizabeth, New Jersey, in honor of their grandchildren. Thank you. Suri Levy of Brooklyn, in honor of uh, my parents, Tzvit Sadok, Ben Yitzchak, and uh, Hen Shabbos Yosef, the Neshama Shavon Aliyah. Thank you for your donation. Shari and Herb Befalik of West Orange, New Jersey, $100 plus $8 in honor of their sweet and adorable grandchildren, Aliza Gavi, JJ Ellie, Lonnie, and Kira. Go to fjbunity.org to support JM and the AM and the Nahum Siegel Network, and we thank you. Hannah Foxman of Far Rockaway, in honor of all of our great programming, thank you very much. Maishi Shaykhid, we did this yesterday, Rabbi Shaykhid, uh, in honor of Mrs. Devorah Leitner, a bigger fan of JM and the AM than even me, he writes. 
from her uh, younger baby brother, her funnier younger baby brother, Rabbi Maishi Shachat. Uh, thank you very much for that. Um, FJBUnity.org, that is how you uh, support JM and the AM, and we thank everybody for doing that. FJBUnity.org. By the way, a listener, Maish, on our app, on the NSN app, says, Good morning, Malcolm. Mentioned that donations are tax-deductible. They are. Donations are tax-deductible. Keep that in mind. Uh, everything to the Foundation for Jewish Broadcasting is, in fact, tax-deductible. Ten minutes before 8 o'clock, it's JM and the AM on this Tuesday morning. Oh, yeah. 
change his name, but I can hear his sound. Knock, knock, Pharaoh's at my door. He's bringing slavery to tie my hands, to blind my eyes to see. But I've got a little bit of Moses in me. I've got the power, power to break free. This bloody of the uh, album entitled Slow Down with Moses and Me. Tuesday morning, it's America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program. Heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio exclusively around the world at NahumSingle.com, on the NahumSingle Network, and of course on our beloved NSN app. I thank you all for tuning in and being part of this experience. Um... Stephen Shalowitz is with us live via telephone. Stephen Shalowitz is a member of the JNF Jewish National Fund's Greater New York Board and its marketing chair, and he is the creator of the JNF podcast called Israel Cast. And he is with us live via telephone on this Tuesday morning. Stephen Shalowitz, welcome to JM in the AM. 
Good morning. Nice to talk to you. Pleasure to speak with you. Tell us about the beginnings of Israel Cast. Whose idea was this, and when did it kick off? Sure. Well, actually, it kicked off just this last week, nice. and we invite all your listeners to check it out at jnf.org slash IsraelCast, or for anyone that's on iTunes, just search for IsraelCast. And actually, the brainchild behind this um, IsraelCast was actually uh, three women, uh, Vivian Grossman, Alicia Yaffe, and Miriam Braun. And the three of them uh, who are active in JNF, uh, Miriam actually works for JNF, and the other two work on the social committee, uh, social media committee, um, actually conceived of this idea about a year ago or so. So it's long in the making. They conceived the idea, and I happened to meet Viv at um, the last JNF conference, and I said, I produce and host a podcast myself here in the city, and if you, you know, want any advice, etc., you want me to get involved, I'd be more than happy to. So I started brainstorming with them, etc., and working with them, and and uh, we ended up creating this. So I'm actually hosting it, but the initial idea for uh, IsraelCast actually came from them. So I do uh, want to give them a very important shout-out. What was the content of show number one? Well, actually, we launched uh, with four episodes. So show number one is actually an introduction to what IsraelCast is all about. Nice. Um, and it's really a podcast featuring fascinating people doing interesting things in Israel. And let me tell you, as I'm sure you know, and I'm sure your listeners know as well, there's really no shortage of people doing just remarkable work all throughout Israel. So the first episode is really just me talking about that and what people can expect, the fact that Israel Cast comes out every other Wednesday. And then what we did was we had um, Russell Robinson, the CEO of JNF, talk all about his passion for Israel, exciting things going on in Israel. He talks about dreaming and the importance of dreaming, um, whether it was in the past, Theodore Herzl's time, and with Theodore Herzl, or even today, and the importance of dreaming and making things happen. Uh, we then go on to Yadidia Harush, who was the founder of Chalutza, uh, one of the communities that was established after the Gaza disengagement in 2005. Uh, it was established in the Negev. And they're just doing remarkable things in Chalutza right now. It's going to be like the next Tel Aviv, okay? Mark my word. Um, and then the third episode that we launched with uh, is a very exciting one. And I think especially people that enjoy food and cuisine will really enjoy it. It's with Lior Leib Serkars. And Lior is the spice guy, the spice guy uh, here in the United States. All top chefs go to him for spice blends. And he has a shop here. Uh, in the city on 11th Avenue. It's called La Boite, and it's a spice shop. They all, he also makes cookies there, and he's building a uh, culinary institute in the Galilee. And so we talk all about that. We talk about Israel is a food destination, what's going on in the culinary industry and on the food scene in Israel. So that, those are the episodes that we launched with. But moving forward, we have some wonderful people lined up. We have a woman. The next one to go up is Hadass Goldman, who established urban kibbutzes all throughout Israel for artists. And she also uh, established the only uh, uh, all-female, all-women cabaret group that only caters to women audiences. So it's a women's cabaret group for women's audiences. It's in Israel. It's the only one of its kind in the world. She's amazing. We have um, Alon, ben, uh, Alon Ben-Gurion, who is David Ben-Gurion's grandson, come on, and just some other very interesting people. We also have coming up um, uh, Kenneth Chepcoin, who is a Kenyan student 
studying agriculture in the Arava Desert. So we really touched a lot of bases, Nahum, uh, with the type of people and the types of topics that we're talking about yeah, on you're, Israel Camp. you're going to be meeting a lot of interesting people, it sounds like, through oh, this podcast. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Stephen Steven Shalowitz is with us, member of JNF's Greater New York Board and its marketing chair. He's created the JNF podcast. They call it Israel Cast. You can go to jnf.org slash israelcast, jnf.org slash israelcast. You can also search on iTunes, Israel Cast, and, of course, on your phone uh, when you have the uh, on the podcast app, just simply search for Israel Cast, and you will find it. And this comes out every other Wednesday. And as you heard, four episodes already available. Uh, Israel Cast, hosted by Stephen Shalowitz. This is not a new venture for you in the sense that you host the One Way Ticket Show. This must be a very interesting podcast. You explore with your guests where they would go if given a one way ticket without coming back to any destination, past, present, future, real, imaginary, or a state of mind. How long have you been doing that? I've been doing that podcast for over five years right now. And I, I, know, and we, I know this is a really uh, you know loaded question, but could you give us a really good example, one program from those five years that stands out to show us how unique oh this God. angle is? Well, I'll tell you, I've interviewed everyone from Alan Dershowitz to Dick Cavett to Charles Osgood, Mo Rocca, um, Nobel Peace Prize winner Jose Ramos Horta. I think one of my most interesting ones, I'll give you two if you don't mind. Sure. Dick, Cav- Dick Cavett wanted a one-way ticket to um, London to have a meal with Oscar Wilde at the Savoy Hotel Dining Room or Oscar Wilde's favorite London pub. Wow. Um, yes. And so then we explore all that. Alan Dershowitz wanted a one-way ticket to 1932 Germany to try and avert the Holocaust. Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah, his is an absolutely fascinating, fascinating uh, one-way ticket conversation. But I've also had one-way tickets for people that say, I want a one-way ticket to Bhutan. I want a one-way ticket to Paris of the 1920s, Paris of the Belle Epoque era. I've had people say, I want a one-way ticket to... Um, uh, the 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 uh, gardens of France, or a one way ticket to California because I want to get out of the the Northeast cold in the winter. So I've had a number of answers, but a lot of them have been very just fascinating answers. People, a lot of people want a one way ticket into outer space, <laughs> and then we do the explore, and then we do the exploratory uh, behind that. But we go back in the future, we go into the future, and we also talk about people's lives, their work, and so on. I used to do radio in Singapore. So being on air right now is actually like coming home for me. And the idea for the one-way ticket show started um, when I was doing a lot of celebrity interviews in Singapore. And I just sort of wondered where all these people would go if given a one-way ticket. And so I held on to the idea until I moved to New York. Very cool. Stephen Shalowitz is with us. Um, JNF, what was your first experience with the Jewish National Fund? Well, I think probably like most people, it was when I was a kid. Um, with the blue box, you know, and raising money with the blue box, I think like so many people. And then as I got older and I got more interested in, I had always been interested actually in the environment, uh, probably long before many people were. And, you know, I I always knew of JNS work in terms of tree planting. And then when I started uh, learning more about JNF and what JNF does in terms of water and water resources and what JNF does in terms of helping uh, support things like drip irrigation and what it does in terms of riding for the disabled and all the other programs that it does. I, I just became more enamored with the organization and realized that this is just such a, uh, a dynamic group of people doing really remarkable things in Israel for the people of Israel and for the land of Israel as well. And everything just has 
just a positive message. And I think one of the things that also interests me, because um, I have a bit of an international background, I lived overseas many years, so I kind of look at things from a outside of U.S. perspective. And one of the things that I love um, about the work that the JNF does is that so much of that work is actually applied to countries outside of Israel. In other words, the work serves as a goodwill ambassador from Israel to many developing nations. And I think that's a very important message, especially in this day and age when you know, Israel got such a bad rap. No question about that. Stephen Shalowitz, who has plenty of podcast experience with his well-known One-Way Ticket Show podcast, is now directing the JNF Jewish National Fund podcast. They call it Israel Cast, and uh, you'll uh, find out all the information and see the, and, and hear, I should say, the initial episodes by going to a jnf.org slash IsraelCast or searching on iTunes or on the podcast app of your phone, uh, simply the word IsraelCast. It's a brand new project. Stephen Shalowitz leads it for JNF. Again, information, jnf.org slash IsraelCast. Um, what can we say? Uh, we wish you a, uh, a tremendous amount of luck with this brand new project. And uh, anybody who's highlighting the work of JNF is, uh, is doing good work in our eyes. So congratulations and continued success, Stephen. Well, thanks so much for allowing us to talk a little bit about IsraelCast and JNF. And we just hope that everyone tunes into IsraelCast and shares it uh, within their communities to learn a little bit more about some exciting things going on in Israel. I am sure plenty of people will. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. Thanks. A pleasure. Have a good day. Stephen Shalowitz, JNF's Greater New York Board. It's marketing chair and creator of the brand new podcast. They call it IsraelCast. You're listening to JM in the AM.
2.0, Yoli Greenfeld and Company, JM and the AM, day 35 in the counting of the Omer, Shavu is two weeks from tonight, who can believe that? Yom Yushalayim a week from tonight, can't wait to get to Israel and celebrate Yom Yushalayim and the entire week from Jerusalem, starting this coming Monday, it's going to be amazing. Our fundraising marathon is going on, want to uh, announce our donation from uh, Willie Hochman and the Joel Paul Group. They are an executive search firm specializing in placements in the not-for-profit sector. You can visit joelpohl.com for information. Thank you for their 20 times high donation. Again, the Joel Pohl Group is available at joelpohl.com, an executive search firm specializing in placements in the not-for-profit sector. Tomorrow, we really rev up our fundraising efforts. As we were, and I, By the way, I just saw a moment ago that we have another donation on the FJB Unity site. Thank you to listener Jonathan, who... Um, who came through just a moment ago. Oh. I just realized that um <laughs> as I'm as I'm saying that I believe we have uh somebody else who just donated. Anyway, thank you to the listener Jonathan a twice high donation and much appreciated. Tuesday morning broadcast here at JM in the AM. Mayor Fertig who not only has been associated with this radio broadcast for the last, oh, I don't know, three-plus decades, 
He is Chief Communications Officer at uh, the American Committee for Shari Tzedek Medical Center in Jerusalem. Shari Tzedek and the Nachum Siegel Network, the American Committee for Shari Tzedek and the Nachum Siegel Network, again, are proudly going to be partnering on Fifth Avenue in New York City, smack in the middle of the capital of Celebration Israel this year, during the Celebrate Israel Parade on the 4th of June. As you march and as you view and as you... Uh, spectate during the parade, you will see that we are there with the American Committee for Shari Tzedek Medical Center in Jerusalem, broadcasting for hours upon hours and bringing the sights and sounds of Fifth Avenue to all of you around the world, both in the video and audio form. This year, we're going to add Facebook Live. It's going to increase our audience even more. So if you're wondering how it is that we are on Fifth Avenue, it's because of our incredible relationship with the American Committee for Shiretetic Medical Center in Jerusalem. Mayor Fertig, welcome back to JM in the AM. Hello, Nachum. It's a pleasure to be here. Have you filed yet for the proper weather for June the 4th? We have, of course. You've put in the request. You think we would leave that to chance? Unlike last year... Hopefully this year the filing system will be working properly. <laughs> That's true. We did have, seem to have a little problem last year with that. We, we thought we got that in, but uh, it unfortunately didn't work. Last year the plan was all wet, Mr. Furtick. <laughs> <laughs> wet is one way to put it. I, I'm still seeing those sheets of rain as I was driving you know, to park the car, thinking, I don't know how this is going to work. <laughs> But the odds are with us, and um, I would bet that this year is going to be beautiful, gorgeous, wonderful, and we'll be on Fifth Avenue together. Again, that's June the 4th. Celebrate Israel Parade. Join NSN and the American Committee for Shari Tzedek Medical Center in Jerusalem. Um, well, it's a pleasure to welcome you here. Thank you. I haven't been here, actually, in a while. Why have you been staying away? People are wondering if this has been purposeful or if this has been by accident. Why is No, it it's been- by accident. It's actually that I, I haven't... You know, when, when Miriam told me that... Uh, the, the future of JM and the AM is hosting the show periodically from, let's say, my dining room. Right. I said, that's amazing. And then I still haven't finished putting together all the equipment. You won't settle for anything less. No, I, I, um, I, I really it, need to. I, I, every week or so, I go, oh, my gosh, I really miss this. I have to take care of it. Maybe it's our fault. I don't know. Whoever is to blame, I'll blame them. Uh, but let's, we, but, let's not blame anyone, but, but I probably could use some help. But <laughs> m- many of us, including myself, are looking forward to the time when you'll be able at a moment's notice to wake up at 5.30, 5.45, and in fact host the show from that dining room that you just mentioned. Could we pull the equipment together that quickly? We could. Well, no, but uh, oh. once it's all set. Right. Oh, I know. see. In other words, I, have, I should prepare the night before. You just roll it in. Right. It's on one of those stands. You roll right. it in, you're all set. That's a nice idea. All right. Um, a couple of things going on. You have uh, provided for us a couple of stories that I find fascinating. One of them has to do with medical clowns. First of all, I was shocked to learn that yeah. there's actually a training regimen when it comes to medical clowning. Oh, absolutely. Uh, there, there's a course of study, one could say. You know, talk about a course where you get to clown around. Um, That's right. Why, why am I so impressed with that pun and nobody I, else? I don't know, but... Uh, but it, you go ahead, I'm sorry. No, there is, there is, there is training for it. You know, there are, there are nice organizations here in the U.S., sure. as well as in Israel, that, that train. Uh, my niece has done that with, uh, uh, with Lev Leitzan, right. for instance, in, uh, in the five towns. Uh, but there, there is an entire staff of dream doctors at Shari Tzedek, medical clowns. And it's, 
you know, to be perfectly candid, we're not the only hospital. We didn't invent medical clowning. But it just seems Israel, I don't know, just like they're on the for- at the forefront of so many other things, it seems like it's such a big thing there. It, it is. We take it very seriously. These these guys, these men and women are not just, you know, accessories. They're not just, you know, auxiliary. Right. They are actually becoming more and more involved in helping prepare particularly children for surgical procedures and all sorts of in all sorts of situations where um, children would benefit from being calm, right? And it's not just you know to keep them from crying or whatever. It actually is therapeutic. And Shari Tzedek has actually just done, and this this is unique to Shari Tzedek. We've just completed a study that was published the other day uh, about uh, about medical clowning and how it really does make a difference. Uh, this is uh, they, they found that. Medical clowns actually significantly improve children's experiences as they are undergoing medical treatment. They uh, specifically looked at children with cerebral palsy who were undergoing uh, you know, recurrent uh, botulin and toxin injections to help their right. condition. And the study showed that with the medical clowns involved, the young patients were feeling less pain during the initial injections and during subsequent injections, even, this is really cool, it, there's a memory to it, even if the clowns weren't present later, they set it up so that the whole experience is, is easier, more pleasant, and less painful for children. So this is, this is, I don't know if this is the first look at this, but this was just done at Shari Tzedek. Uh, Dr. Sababa, who is, uh, his real name is Avraham Cohen, but uh, one of our medical, uh, doc- one of our uh, dream doctors, Dr. Sababa, um, said the challenge of creating this program, of, of you know, implementing this program at Charitetic was to create tools that can be used when a child is undergoing a specific treatment and to ensure, see, this is not just, we don't want to keep this, you know, just in the building. We want to share it. Um, and to ensure that those tools can be used by clowns in any country, and under an array of situations. And this study, he said, showed that we really, what we already knew, a medical clown that is skilled and professional really makes a difference. Now, you may not know the answer to this question, in all fairness. Mm-hmm. Um, somebody who's spending time in Israel, I don't know, a couple of months, a couple of years, right. c- can they drift into this Shari Tzedek clown program? Like, do you know how it works? Or if there's a. Uh... I, I don't know for sure, but I would guess not, because again, these are not the, the dream doctors, the medical clowns at Shari Tzedek are not volunteers, they're on staff. Trained personnel. Yeah. No, these are staff right, people. They're there. They're there. You know what? Five days a week, whatever it is, between the you know the group of them, they are always there. Do you remember when we saw one of those clowns when we were together at Shari Tzedek? Sure. Yeah. No. These these people. Are it's amazing. amazing how they. You know, I was jet lagged. Yeah. And they were able to cheer me up. <laughs> See, because you're a kid at heart. <laughs> I mean, it's funny how they have to maintain that the cheery disposition right. constantly, and 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 not to get to too much on a tangent, but let me mention this. Uh, because I saw that I don't remember if this was a visit with you or not, but it was one of our, our tours of Shari Tzedek. Um, I saw people there who literally walk around the waiting room where there are many children mm-hmm. waiting around with birds on their shoulder, on their hands, mm-hmm. and with other things that can entertain or distract kids. Like That's right. Is, it's like a whole collective effort to do what they can to make it as pleasant an experience as possible. Even the way your new floors have been, uh, and when I say floors, I mean the units. In, in have, the Wolf Children's Hospital. Right, have been painted or have been right. designed also with all this in mind. A lot of thought went into this. When, when the Wolf Children's Hospital was being planned, a team from the hospital went around the world collecting great ideas. Interesting. That's the way to do research, I yeah, guess. that's what they did. And they... Obviously, uh, a lot of the aspects of, of this 
of this Wolf Children's Hospital, which opened in uh, 2015, are unique to Sharei Tzedek and the uh, the result of of careful planning and seichel and chachma, you know, in the hospital. But a lot of those details were gleaned from elsewhere. They took the best of the best from around the world, and that's what went into that hospital, into that into that facility. Pretty cool. Uh, Mayor Fertigas here, he's Chief Communications Officer, American Committee for Sharei Tzedek Medical Center in Jerusalem. We're together, of course on 5th Avenue on the 4th of June. One of the reasons I keep emphasizing the Celebrate Israel Parade is because with all this going on, Yom Yushalayim, Shavuos, etc., the community is going to be distracted and won't realize that the Sunday after Shavuos, pop, there we go. we got to be on 5th right. Avenue and, and be at the big celebration. So please circle your calendar. Start telling your kids now that the 4th of June is when uh, everybody's expected, all families are expected to be on 5th Avenue to celebrate with the Celebrate Israel Parade. And again, we'll be there with the American Committee for Shari Tzedek Medical Center in Jerusalem uh, on Fifth Avenue, uh, the women's division uh, has announced the, Amer- the women's division of the American Committee for Shari Tzedek Medical Center in Jerusalem has announced its luncheon honoring Judy Tuchman and Melody Scharf, and with an opportunity to win tickets to Hamilton. It's all happening on the seventh of June at the Pierre Hotel on East Sixty First Street in New York City. It's a luncheon beginning at twelve noon. There's a website you can go to uh, ACSZ. That's ACSZ.org/slash. WD luncheon and you can uh, you'll see there the invitation plus the chance to register and win tickets to Hamilton and of course the uh, um, the bios on the honorees and all the information uh, in terms of the event are there as well so number one June 7th big date obviously Mazal Tov to all the honorees and I would assume that the Hamilton raffle the Hamilton drawing is for everybody anybody could absolutely so literally no matter who you are woman woman or not even if you even if you can't attend, right? Even if you're geographically unable to, whatever it is, right. you know, uh, you can uh, you can definitely enter. Just go to uh, acsc.org/wdluncheon, uh, women's division that is wdluncheon, and uh, and there is a uh, there is a an order form there, and you can you can enter. Uh, to buy raffle tickets. It says register now and enter to win tickets to Hamilton. When you uh, when you uh, scroll over that, it will uh, lead, and then you click on it, it will lead you straight to the registration right. page. So that's how you do it. That's happening Wednesday, June seventh. I'm assuming that anybody who registers for the Hamilton tickets before that date will be eligible. I would presume so. Yeah. Uh, and any information, of course, go to the website or you can contact the main office at Shari Tzedek, or I should say more accurately, the American Committee for Shari Tzedek Medical Center. In Jerusalem, Mayor Fertig is here. Plenty more coming up. Again, circle June the 4th. Everybody will be celebrating Israel on Fifth Avenue with our friends at Sharit Sedek. More coming up if you keep it right here at JM in the AM.
Tuesday, day 35 in the counting of the Omer. If you forgot to count last night, make sure to do so sometime today. June the 4th, we'll be on Fifth Avenue with our friends from the American Committee for Shire Tzedek Medical Center in Jerusalem. Look for the people wearing the unique NSN Shire Tzedek shirts. There'll only be a few people wearing those, Mayor Ferdy. you got to be eligible to wear that one. Exactly. Yeah. You, have to, you, you have to be... got to be part of the club. You have to be privileged. got to be part of the club. Right. <laughs> Anyway, exactly right. how many people can be contacting me today now asking about their shirts? <laughs> how do I get one of those? <laughs> Show uh, up. Exactly. And then maybe you'll have one. So uh, you just sent me an article um, which deals with, um, I- I'm assuming, some of the personnel at Shari Tzedek uh, that is dealing with the hearing loss, those who, uh, those who, are, uh, who are not able to hear. Now, what you said to me was that this is beyond the cochlear implant, which of course has been revolutionary in terms of helping those who have no hearing loss. You said this is actually for people who have no, what did you call auditory it? Auditory nerve. Auditory nerve. Right. And if you and if one is born without an auditory nerve and they find themselves now at Shari Tzedek, what can happen? What can happen is they can receive something called an auditory brainstem implant. Wow. And it is a very intricate procedure that actually replaces a missing or a damaged uh, auditory or 
cochlear nerve in their inner ear, without which it's impo- you know a cochlear implant right, won't would work. Not help you, without there's, that no- nerve. there's nothing to do. Um, this has only been done so far in a handful of hospitals around the whole world, and the first one was just done recently, a couple of months back. They're just talking about it now at Sharit Sedek. A team from NYU, you know, Sharit Sedek works with medical centers around the country right. doing different things, you know, pioneering different procedures, bringing things to Israel that hadn't previously been there. A team from the Langone Medical Center at NYU flew to Israel to participate in the surgery, and the surgery itself, in terms of Shari Tzedek, was only made possible because of the brand new Helmsley Neurological Center at Shari Tzedek. So now there's an entire team of neurosurgeons and other professionals. That's all part of the whole the stroke unit and all that. But one aspect of the, neuro- the Helmsley Neurological Center is a, a team of neurosurgeons, and they include somebody who is a brain stem specialist. And this team of doctors from NYU flew in, and together... This international team of, of professionals operated on a five-year-old boy, oh. and he can now hear. Do, do you know what kind of era we're living in? It's unbelievable watching all of this. You it's know, amazing. I get chills thinking about I, it, although it might just be the air conditioning. <laughs> I, um, I was at a, a wedding recently. Mm-hmm. It was a wedding or a dinner. You know, sometimes you don't remember which is which. Mm-hmm. And Rabbi Maish Yaroslavich walks up to me. Mm-hmm. He led the Hazinu organization for many years, which dealt with the hearing loss in the Jewish community. Right. And he said, Nahum, you know how every guy uh, or person, I should say, who goes on your radio show always says, we pray for the day when the organization has to close, right? He goes, I'm the first one that could tell you we closed. <gasps> really? Because because of the cochlear implant mm-hmm. and all this modern technology like right. you just described, right. there is no need anymore. When, when there is a hearing loss in a young kid and it becomes obvious, then everyone knows what the treatment is if, if it's needed. They, they know where to go. They That's know what amazing. to do. amazing. And that is that. And we actually closed the organization. I said, wow, that is, that is cool. I After have, all these decades of hearing people say, we pray oh, for today and we have to close, they have, actually close. I have so much respect for is that. Is that great? Because you do not hear that too oh, often. Too often. <laughs> Maybe the only time I heard I was so happy to hear him say it. So th- that's an addendum to what that's you just amazing. told us about the work at Shari Tzedek regarding the uh, auditory nerve and, uh, yeah. and and hearing loss and helping yeah. people regain it. The auditory brainstem implant, ABI, a surgery made possible by the new Helmsley Neurologic, made possible at Shari Tzedek, I should say, and, right. and in Israel, frankly, by the new Helmsley Neurological Center at Shari Tzedek. And you also pointed out to me that um, Israel21c.org posted an article about Israelis helping to conquer cancer, and this also shed a really... Big light on what's happening at Shari Tzedek. Correct. May is Cancer Research Month, and uh, they did a really nice article about the Israelis helping to conquer cancer. Some right. of the best Israeli research in the field of cancer, and the scientists committed to saving lives. That's the uh, the subheadline on this article on the Israel21c.org website. And you know, it's it's a long list, but it's not such a long list. And <laughs> we were very very. Um, pleased to see not one but two of the amazing uh, researchers and 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 physicians at Shari Tzedek um, on this list. One of them, and he actually wasn't identified by his Shari Tzedek affiliation, but he is uh, one of the main people um, in charge of cancer treatment and research at Shari Tzedek. That's Professor Alberto Gabazon. Um, he and his team developed the first FDA-approved drug to use something called stealth liposomes. It's called Doxel. 
and it's uh, being used for direct delivery to a tumor site without damaging surrounding tissues. Anybody who's unfortunately at any, you know, uh, information or knowledge about this knows that that's always a big issue, yeah. um, has been in the past. So this is being used to treat uh, breast and ovarian cancer as well as Kaposi's sarcoma, which is a form of cancer uh, that many have heard of as relates to AIDS patients. So that's Professor Gabazon from Sharitzetic. And the other is Dr. Efrat Levi-Lachad. She is the director of the Medical Genetics Institute at Sharitzetic, and she discovered that women with the BRCA2 gene mutation have an increased uh, risk for developing breast cancer, particularly if they also have an abnormality in another gene, the RAD51. Uh, now, this is all you know, far yeah, too technical for us, but the bottom line is that's a significant, uh, that's a significant step forward in understanding uh, triggers for cancer. And these, uh, this is some of the work going on at Charitetics, so we are very proud of that. And we thank uh, Israel21c.org for, including, uh, for putting out the article. It's a really nice thing. And uh, for including these people from Charitetics. Uh, some uh, strange terms for those of us who are not part of the medical community, but right. it sounds very impressive, and it certainly is. Mayor Fertig is here, Chief Communications Officer, American Committee of Sharitetic Medical Center in Jerusalem. Their amazing work continues. I love, by the way, um, I think I saw it in the, uh, I think I saw it in the OU Pesach magazine. Mm -hmm. The I think it was there. Uh, the ad with the bib. It was in it was in Jewish action, in not Jewish in the Pesach. Oh, so at least it was, the, it, well, it was packaged. Right, right. right, it was packaged right. together. Um, the bib, mm -hmm. which just remind me. Do you remember the tagline? I just can't remember. Uh, yeah, sure. It is um, the a, best. Uh, hold, hold on one right. second. I, no problem. You want to read I can't, it? You I can't read believe it I can't remember it. I've been read it accurately. Yeah, I've been dealing with it for <laughs> for days because we're about to do another drop in in print paper. You know, in. Uh, in newspapers, you can see this on social media, and you right. can see it. Oh, uh, I saw it actually. Yeah, you'll start media, seeing right. it in uh, on the internet as well. the The tagline is "What the best dressed babies in Jerusalem are wearing." Sharitetic <laughs> <Right. laughs> bib. Right. No, it's a Sharitetic onesie. Right. Sharitetic um, onesie. And they have they've had different versions of this. This one may or may not exist in this exact form. Right. I'm not sure, but uh, <laughs> I love what the best dressed babies in Jerusalem are wearing, and the. The, ser the factual part behind that is, and we've discussed this before, Shari Tzedek, um, on two campuses, the main one and at the uh, Bikur Cholim Hospital um, in the center of the city, uh, delivers more babies every year than any other medical facility, probably in the world, but certainly in the Western world. Yep. That's 22, 000, over 22,400 births a year Maybe. at Shari Tzedek. Kane Yerbu. An amazing number. Kane Yerbu is right. Something to be very, very proud of. want to thank those who continue to donate. The uh, Wayne Traub family just uh, donated on our website, fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org. We'll talk more about our fundraiser in just a moment. Also, Mayor Fertig is going to answer the question, uh, did Shari Tzedek have any significant role in what happened 50 years ago next week? We'll find out in just a moment if you keep it here at JM in the AM. <laughs>
Hashem Todo nafshi beloika Ki hibisha hi bigde yesha Me'il tzitoko yeh otoni David Gabay, 12 minutes before the hour, Tuesday morning. It's JM in the AM. 
Mayor Fertig, who is uh, the Chief Communications Officer at the American Committee of Shariatetic Medical Center in Jerusalem. He and I both remind uh, our audience uh, locally and around the world that there is a Celebrate Israel parade coming up on June the 4th. It's a Sunday. It's a Sunday after Shavuos. We want to make sure you're on Fifth Avenue like we will be. You will see a uh, you will see a dual um, a dual booth, NSN and the American Committee for Shariatetic Medical Center. They'll be together on Fifth Avenue, enjoying the parade and bringing you the sights and sounds of what it's like to celebrate Israel. A lot of people don't know what it's like to celebrate Israel. We have uh, somehow uh, patented the ability to celebrate Israel. Thank God. Yeah, it's kind of easy, actually, if you think about it, because there's so much to celebrate. It's easy, and yet uh, people hesitate to do it sometimes. That's true. true. All right, 1967. You know, we're going to be in Israel next week uh, commemorating Yom Yerushalayim number 50, the 50th anniversary of the reunification of Jerusalem. 1967, just like everybody in Jerusalem, Shari Tzedek was no stranger to the dangers of war. Explain. That is correct. Uh, Shari Tzedek, actually, uh, back then in its original building on uh, on Jaffa Road, on Yaffa, was, was the hospital closest to the combat. Correct. Uh, it was just a couple of it's, kilometers you know, from the front. Yeah, I don't even know if it was that that much of a distance. It may have been shorter than that. Even. Yeah. So I, I would. I, I'm going when I say right. that. I'm going on materials, archive materials oh. from the hospital. <laughs> Who know better than I do? No. So I, in other words, I wouldn't put my own imprint right. on that. I'll, I'll, I'll use their description. I don't right. want to. I, I hate overselling things. But I uh, that's that's how it's been described in the, you know in the stories brought down in the hospital. Right. And. Uh, the the hospital is, has always been considered something of a, a military hospital, so to speak. Obviously, there's a close ties to the IDF, and right. soldiers are treated at the hospital every day. But um, on June 5th in the morning a, a hot, uh, of 1967, a hotline rang at the hospital from the IDF headquarters. And it was apparently, by all accounts, a very short conversation. And it basically said, get ready. And um, immediately... The hospital went into a state of emergency, and they had they had been seeing this coming. Of course, I mean, every, you know, everybody did, and they had many, many, many of the civilian patients had been prepped to be sent home with treatment instructions. Uh, yeah, and they started. You know, anybody good. who could be discharged right. safely was discharged, and they converted the entire hospital in the space of about two hours. From you know a couple of hundred beds into something much much larger, um, and and ready for a war. Uh, they covered the windows, sandbags. Volunteers started streaming in. Yeshiva students, college students from around the from around the world, from you know people who were in Israel internationally, Israeli students, um, teenagers uh, from Israeli high schools, and they transformed the hospital in a couple of hours. Uh, into into a uh, into a military hospital uh, within a, within about two hours it was done uh, to a, a frontline military hospital that had a huge team of doctors and nurses standing by uh, they had uh, teams of surgeons ready to go they had underground operating theaters and all of these volunteers they even they even brought in the the, the women's auxiliary of the hospital yeah even came in to take care of staff members children. So that they wouldn't have to go home, particularly mm-hmm. particularly nurses at that time, many of their husbands were fighting. Right. So they needed to be with the kids, of course, taking care of their children, yeah. but of course, equally, of course, they needed to be in the hospital. Mm-hmm. 
So um, all of these kids were brought into the hospital, and they were cared for there, these families. They transformed, you know, like the the, the nurses' uh, dormitory and the nursing students. Yeah, everything was just transformed. Desks were moved aside. Every place you could stick a bed, they stuck a bed. It was you. You could just imagine um, what it was going on. At about eleven o'clock in the morning on June fifth, uh, Jordanians began shelling Yerushalayim and uh, blasting the border areas with machine guns. And you know, pretty soon they started hearing sirens. Uh, one of the first casualties, unfortunately, was a, a young mother. She was uh, searching for shelter um, in, in uh, the what's now the I guess called the Morasha neighborhood between the old city and Meisharim. And she had a baby with her, and she was searching for a shelter, and she did not make it. Her baby did, but uh. Uh, she did not. Um, so soldiers were being brought in, civilians were being brought in, even Jordanians were being brought in. Everybody was treated. And um, the hospital itself, uh, you know, th- they were so close to the front that shells were falling around the hospital. It was dangerous to go outside. Uh, shells, on a couple of occasions, actually, at least one, hit the hospital. Mm. Uh, if you go into the uh, development office in the hospital, Sharit Sedek, on a little wooden pedestal, there is a Jordanian shell that struck the roof line of the hospital just to the left of the front door, um, right above a room where 18 newborns were, and it didn't explode. And the shell still is still in the hospital today. They have it. Pretty amazing. Um, and I, when I was there a couple of months ago looking through archive photos— I found a picture that um, we were trying to identify. It was a picture of the front of the hospital. Um, we di- it didn't say what year, but it was immediately after the war, a war. And it was actually a picture of a group of people taking people who had passed away in the hospital during the war out to be buried right. now that it was safe. But we weren't sure which war because that building had stood since you know since the early 1900s. Right. Uh, it still stands, of course. We're just right. not there anymore. And somebody, uh, Uri Schwartz, look, who works at the hospital, looked at it and said, oh, I know what it is. He saw damage on the roof line right next to the front door to the left of it and said, that's where the shell hit. And that's how we were able to identify that it was a 1967 photo. Unbelievable. Very cool. 50 years ago, Shari Tzedek, uh, like everybody else in Jerusalem, mm-hmm. in the midst of the Six-Day War... Yeah. Uh, I they, wonder, I don't know if you know this offhand because obviously you weren't there at the time, I wonder how long Shared Sedek's been in its current location. Uh, since 1979, I believe. Wow, nice. I think they moved in 79. But uh, dur- during the war in 1967, they treated, uh, uh, in 70 hours, they uh, treated over 450 patients. Surgeons in 70 hours performed over 200 operations. Yeah, I believe that. That's just uh, unbelievable. <laughs> just incredible. Uh, Mayor Fertig, he's Chief Communications Officer, American Committee for Shari Tzedek Medical Center in Jerusalem. Next week, we celebrate 50 years. On June the 4th, we celebrate 50 of Jerusalem. And, of course, we celebrate Israel in general, the incredible state, 69 years old, at the Celebrate Israel Parade coming up June the 4th on Fifth Avenue. Join us at the Nahum Siegel Network and the American Committee for Shari Tzedek Medical Center in Jerusalem for all of the festivities. I thank you very much, Mayor. Oh, I remind everybody, June 7th is the Women's Division event. Plus, if they go to the website, uh, accsz.org slash wdluncheon, they can register for the Hamilton tickets. Anybody around the world is eligible for those. Correct. And, of course, you're invited to uh, to attend the event. But even if you can't be there, by all means, uh, throw uh, 
Throw your hat in the ring and buy some raffle tickets and a chance to win two tickets to see Hamilton. And that is um, the 7th of June at the Pierre Hotel in New York City. I thank you. And uh, coming up uh, this week, we're going to be raising money continuously as we've already started for JM and the AM and the Nachum Siegel Network. And rumor has it you might visit us again this week. I am. I'm going to visit on Friday, and I'm looking forward to it. Because let me tell you something. After all these years... Not having that two week uh, that that two week marathon, my my whole internal clock felt a little off. <laughs> well, we'll try to get it back on. I schedule. have been measuring the passage of time with the marathon for so many years. Thank God. And I discussed with Matas on the air this morning that uh, for those who think it's unusual to do this in the month of May, early on it used to be in May. If you remember, early oh. on it was after it was during Sphera. And yeah. in the middle of May. And so the 1980s, mid-80s would have been oh, in May? Oh, for sure, yeah. So I that do. was the first time I was ever at the marathon. It was in 1985. I was 15 and in 10th grade. Wow. And that was the first time I was at the marathon. Wow. Been a long haul. Amazing. I'm sure we'll have plenty more talk about this as the week goes on. Amazing. <laughs> Thank you, Mayor. Thank you. Go to fjbunity.org to support JM and the AM and the Nahum Siegel Network, fjbunity.org. And I thank those who continuously are... are um, uh, pledging and supporting uh, we have all that information we will be thanking you all through the week everybody big thank you from all of us here at jm in the am Our brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard and listeners sponsored digital radio exclusively around the world at NahumSiegel.com, on the NahumSiegel Network, and of course on the beloved NSN app. Wraps up another great Tuesday edition of JM in the AM. Please continue to support us by going to fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org. We have done a really good job over the last couple of days of maintaining our radio broadcast schedule. Um... And uh, really interfering very little over the last couple of days with the broadcast, with our uh, marathon pitching. For that alone, you should support us and thank us for these couple of days of great programming. FJBUnity.org gives you the opportunity. And, of course, we thank you. Tomorrow, more serious marathoning and plenty happening between 6 and 9 a.m. 
Make sure to join us for that. If you missed my conversation with President Richard Joel, it's next on JM Rewind. If you missed my conversation with President Richard Joel, it was a good one. I say so myself. It is up next on JM Rewind. Pay careful attention. Thanks so much for joining us. Till tomorrow, Nachum Segal reminding you, remember to pass, live the present, and trust the future.